At Golden Harvest, our best skill is knowing how to listen. From our Gold Series soybean and game-changing corn portfolios to our expert insights housed in the Illuminate Digital Agronomy Platform, everything we offer is an answer to what we've heard from you. This is how we listen. Copyright 2021 Syngenta. The trademarks or service marks used herein are the property of a Syngenta Group company. All other trademarks are the property of their respective owners. I'm Su Lin Wong, host of The Prince, a new podcast series from The Economist. It's about China's leader, Xi Jinping. He's the most powerful man in the world, but he remains a mystery. His story is hidden behind a brutal censorship and propaganda machine. After 10 years in charge, it looks like he'll break convention to stay on, perhaps for the rest of his life. I'll tell the real story of China's leader, the lessons he learned from watching his parents lose everything and from rising through the ranks of a vicious regime. Now, he's using those lessons to control over a billion people. He's changed China, he's changed my life, and the decisions he makes affect us all. To understand what's next, you need to know where he came from. Listen to The Prince from The Economist, wherever you get your podcasts. Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. Listen up. Win Bet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. You're listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. And we're good. So welcome in, everybody. It's the Huddle Up! Podcast presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle, powered by Blue Wire Pods. I'm your host, Chad Jensen, and with me, my fellow football priest. He is the deputy editor of MileHighHuddle.com, Zach Kelberman. Zach, there's a lot that I want to talk to you about. I mean, just from things that were said post-game at the podium yesterday in Pittsburgh, things that have been said today. But the first thing, dude, in the aftermath of week five that I got to get your take on is what Vic Fangio had to say about Pat Shermer when he was asked how he would evaluate Pat Shermer as his offensive coordinator thus thus far and I can you know I can pull it up as you break it down but what was your reaction well he said I have I'm I'm paraphrasing pretty closely to what he actually said you know word by word literally I've got no qualms with Pat Shermer other than the production hasn't been what it was or results haven't been what they what they should have been and basically there's no other way to translate that to mean anything other than I have no problem with Pat Shermer other than he's not doing his job because it's a results-based business. It's what you can do and what you can do for me lately and consistently if possible. And Pat Shermer hasn't done that. They've been terrible on third down. They've been terrible in the red zone. His play calling and game planning continues to be uh, from the 1990s, if not earlier than that. And that's what Fangio continues to do, though. He carries the water for Pat Shermer and Tom McMahon. He runs interference for his coaches that he hand-assembled that he wants to lob no accountability onto, and he'll keep blaming everything and everyone around him but the actual culprits. In this case, it would be Pat Shermer for what he's done to the Broncos offense, which is basically take it back to 1975. And preside over now, you know. 21 games of relative ruin. Let's grab Christian De Jesus. We did get your super yesterday, Christian. It was a busy day, so there's a good chance you might have missed it. But I know you were asking me about that after the stream. But thank you for this super chat, brother. Appreciate you. He says, do you think George Payton will go after one of Aaron Rodgers, Deshaun Watson, or Russell Wilson next year? Or will he look to the draft for someone yes. like Malik Willis? Zach, your thoughts. I, I don't I see Aaron Rodgers honestly playing in Pittsburgh. I think the stars are aligning for that. Him and Mike Tomlin have some thing going on apparently. 
I, I don't see Russell Wilson coming to Denver. I don't see Deshaun Watson, George Payton taking on his baggage and, you know, the the overall cloud that he would uh, bring to the organization, the dark cloud. I think what he's going to do is what every worthwhile GM should be doing in the NFL, which is investing in a young quarterback, developing your own franchise quarterback, not unlike what the Chargers, which is now a top three team in the NFL, uh, if not better, have done with Justin Herbert. I don't know if it's going to be Malik Willis specifically. I do think, though, he will try to find his next guy through the draft and do it the right way, preferably paired with a young, offensive-minded head coach. I mean, imagine taking Malik Willis's natural skill set. He's not perfection. Not, you know, He needs refinement. But imagine pairing that with someone like Kellen Moore. You know, that that's exciting. That would br- bring juice back and optimism and confidence back to the Broncos fan base and to everyone around the Broncos orbit. I don't see a veteran coming in again. I think Peyton tried it one time because he had an older defensive-minded head coach and the veteran holdover. Bridgewater looks like just that, a holdover. And I think Peyton will recognize where the wind is blowing in the league, and that's a young quarterback that he can preferably build around. You got to do it the hard way. Unfortunately, that's just the way she goes. Michael, it's good to see you, buddy. Appreciate you. Also, yeah, we'll shout out Greg Smith. He's a legend. Listen up, Broncos country. Tick Pick should be your first choice to buy football tickets because they save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. Tick Pick is the exclusive ticketing partner for the Huddle Up podcast and the Blue Wire Network. Denver Broncos football is finally back and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Broncos tickets anymore because Tick Pick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets. Tick Pick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all of their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. That's right, guys. When we were searching for tickets for the MHH meet and greet for week three at home, Broncos versus Jets, TickPick had us locked down. So visit TickPick.com slash huddle today and use the promo code huddle to save $10 on your first order of Broncos tickets. Uh, Zach, a couple things I want to grab here. I'm going to go ahead and, and read the direct quote from uh, Fangio when he was asked on what is your involvement coach with the offense and what is your evaluation of the job Pat Shermer has done quote I've been involved we already met this morning myself with the offensive staff we all just have to do a better job we have to do a better job of coaching these players and we have to do a better job of playing we're all in it together I have no qualms with Pat other than our results haven't been good enough we have to find a way to fix that close quote. Now, Zach, this next question is somewhat telling that it's even on the minds that it's even in the, uh, we'll say Bronco land zeitgeist. All right, here we go. Quote, are you worried coach about the players maybe losing faith in the coaching staff amid a two game slide quote, anytime it's not going the way you'd like it to go. Everybody's confidence level can be threatened. We can't let that happen. We've got to go execute the play to the best of our ability and make them work. Close quote. Zach, this second topic here, do you think that the Broncos have either A, lost, the coaching staff has lost the locker room in terms of guys, you know, were once bought in, but now they've, let's just say, you know, sold off their shares, right? Or are they close to that? What are your thoughts? I think it's the other way around. I think the coaching staff kind of gave up on some of the players here because what he's saying is everyone's confidence level, which infers that everyone is part of the problem. That's simply not true, Chad. There's players on offense and some coaches for that matter that aren't part of the main issues that are plaguing Denver right now. And what it again did was take the spotlight off of the biggest problem, the cancer that is tearing through the Broncos fabric right now, and that would be Pat Shermer. So once again, it's no accountability. Once again, Fangio skirts around the question notice he says I'm involved he doesn't ever say what he's involved in though he never specifies what he's actually doing everything's a generality everything's surface level because Fangio has no answers he's in way over his head he's a defensive coordinator masquerading as a head coach with an offensive coordinator masquerading as uh, something he should not be and a title he should not have in Denver let's grab this super chat from well star comment from Mike Reno who throwing down some serious stars lately. Thank you, Mike. 
And we know on a busy night like last night during the gut reaction, sometimes the conversation, it gets wild. Things can get lost in the shuffle. So just know we appreciate you. He says, the one thing I wanted to say yesterday is I thought Drew Locke should have started. And if played bad, Teddy come in. Thoughts? Well, if Teddy, you know, you made the decision to go with Teddy Bridge, not you, but, you know, generally speaking, to go with Teddy Bridgewater as your starting quarterback. So if he's healthy enough to play, then he, he plays. I don't know. I think it was, you know, as I was writing up that article today, Zach, about what Fangio had to say about Shermer, you know, I kind of got caught up in my own frustration over just some of these old quarterback demons and ghosts myself, one of which is, you know, what are you missing out on? You could have lost to the Steelers in an embarrassing fashion with Drew Locke. But at the same time, you maybe have could have, with Drew Locke, produced some explosive plays. You know, we wanted to get our hopes up, Zach, during that 3-0 and start that Teddy Bridgewater was more than what you and I sized him up to be going into the summer. And unfortunately, it feels like he's crashing back down to the mean, and it's a lot closer to our picture of Teddy, which is why going into the season, which is why we were of the belief that it was still in the team's best interest to roll with Drew Locke one last time because you could always go to Teddy. Exactly, and you can't do the opposite. You know, it's a one-way street the Broncos put themselves on. And here's the thing about Teddy. He rushed back within a week and got cleared from concussion protocol in order to play in this game. I give Teddy Bridgewater credit for that on on an individual basis. And what if the Broncos would have turned around and said, no, you're not starting despite that. We're going to go with Drew Locke, the the guy, the erratic guy who lost the confidence in his own wide receivers. What message does that send? If Fangio didn't lose the locker room already, he would have lost it in that aspect. But they, they went with who they went with, and it wouldn't have mattered who they went with. I see a comment from Christy here that says, doesn't matter. I, I believe she's you know referencing what we just talked about. Doesn't matter as long as the coaching staff is there. So it wouldn't have mattered if you had... Uh, a quarterback under center and lock that had the bigger arm that brought the threat of dynamicism to the offense, it wouldn't have mattered if you still had Pat Shermer calling the plays and being conservative and and, and completely messing up. But it's, it's not going to change, and nothing will matter until the coaching changes and the coaching matters. As we grab Randy Jones here, who's just a dedicated superstar, love you, bro, appreciate you. Uh, just a quick reminder, <clears throat> pardon me, on where we stand on the Pat Sertan raffle. Our goal this month is to get to 250,000 stars on Facebook, just like we did last month and the month prior. But we are a little bit behind the eight ball if we are truly going to raffle off this Pat Sertan jersey. Last month for uh, the Justin Simmons jersey, it was Michael Ronquillo and Mark Johnson who got it on Facebook and Christy who got it on YouTube. We want to see who the Pat Sertan jersey will go to this month, but... We are behind the eight ball at 18%. We still have time to make up the ground, but we're now pushing into the 30 percentile of how much time has passed on the month. So we're running out of time. But here's, as far as the, the contest goes, real quick, guys, and then we'll grab Randy. Who is in the running for the raffle when we do that? It's only the people who help contribute to the goal. Facebook keeps track of that for us. So here's the ranking. Shout out. This is who's going to have the most tickets in the hat. Mama Muti at the top right now, Randy pushing right behind at number two, Michael Ronquillo at three, Lawrence Rivera at four, Shane Daniels at five, Peter Middleton six, Howie frickin' Day at frickin' number seven, Andrew Lampy at eight, James Grossman nine, and Gary Leeds Palmer at 10. So we'll keep an eye on that, and uh, we'll talk about YouTube here in a bit. But Randy says, Zach, Fangio does not have the courage to fire Shermer or special teams coordinator Tom McMahon. Zach, that might be true. But he had the courage to fire Rich Scangarello. But maybe the difference here, Zach, is that Rich Scangarello was not his hire. Rich was right. a John Elway procurement, right? And exactly. you could even argue that McMahon's not a Fangio hire either. He was hired by the previous regime as well. It also, you know, context matters as well because uh, the Scangarello fire was made after the season. This would be an in-season move. And Fangio knew at the time he fired Scangarello uh, that he had – honeymoon season. Nothing was going to happen to him. He he could have done whatever he wants, similar to what George Payton's experiencing. The, now it's much different, though. If Vic Fangio fires Pat Shermer, I mean, he's now solely on the hot seat. He gets one scapegoat this year, Fangio does, whether it's Shermer or McMahon. But once he makes that move, it actually puts more pressure on him and advances the clock that's ticking on, on him as well. So that's why I think he's reticent to do that. If they're going to all go down, they're all going down together, apparently. And at this rate, they will. 
the queen with a top rope super chat. Thank you so much, Christy. Flexing. Not love the you, first Christy. time she's been this uh, supportive of what we do here, but you know we love the you. Best. Thank you so much. Keeps the lights on. You know this. She says, I've been saying coaching, coaching, coaching. If it's not there, the play won't be there. That's the starting point and should be where the focus on fixing this team starts. Hashtag get Shermer out. Thanks, guys. Zach, I'd be curious. Now, that's a very familiar uh, catchphrase there, right? Coaching, coaching, coaching. Zach, I'd be curious to see at this point. I mean, how much worse could it get? I'd be curious to see what a Mike Shula offense with these same horses might be able to accomplish. Because unfortunately with Pat, you know, his his argument, I'm sure, last year was, hey, co uh, almost said the word pandemic. I didn't get my guys till the till training camp. And even then things were weird. My quarterback was young to begin with. Then he gets hurt in week two. I had a cavalcade of injuries. Like, what do you want me to do? And Fangio, uh, Peyton, they're like, yeah, all right, cool. Yeah, that adds up. That makes sense. Well, you know, we'll, we'll give you a better quarterback or a more proven quarterback. Let's say we'll bring in Teddy Bridgewater. Now you're five games in. And yes, the team is, is at three and two, Zach, but offensively, man, they are now officially in the doldrums, especially in the key statistics like third down and red zone. So how much more rope do you suppose Shermer has until Fangio, in fact, like you said, goes, you know what, no getting around it. If I don't make a move now, the season's over. And if the season is over, I'm out of a job. So I don't have that much more time to really waste. Well, let's set the precedent here. How much rope has Tom McMahon been given? seemingly endless rope. It seems like he has uh, compromising information on someone, either Vic Fangio or someone else in the Broncos hierarchy. Uh, and you, you said it best. I think, obviously, Shermer was Vic Fangio's handpicked guy. And when you make a move like that, in this day and age, you fire the young up-and-coming coordinator who went 4-1 and one with a rookie quarterback and bringing in a, a, a has-been a retread in Pat Shermer, that's a bold move to make. So I would love to see Mike Shula. I think you and I, Chad, are Broncos masochists at this point when it comes to the coaching and the quarterbacking. But Christy, the queen never lied. It's not going to matter until the coaching matters, until the coaching is changed. uh, Pat Shermer is not getting any better. Vic Fangio is not getting any better. Unfortunately, we've seen the ceiling with them in the Broncos organization, and it's all a downhill spiral from here. It's only going to get worse before it gets better, unfortunately. (sighs) Oh. We can only hope. We can only hope that these two games were just a dip in the path and that things are going to turn. Let's grab Bryce Mindset, who has really come on strong the last couple of days. It's really been great. Appreciate you, Bryce. Really does mean a lot to us. He says, "There is there a chance Darby, Ronald Darby, a.k.a. Darbs, replaces Kyle Fuller and not yeah. Sertan? I don't think any time in the, in the near. I mean, fan, you had the article last night, Zach. Maybe you have a better read on this than me, but... I think by virtue of the $10 million they're paying him, essentially, this, this year, Fuller probably stays on the field, even though he shouldn't. You know, I would rather see a Sertan-Darby-Callahan um, trio. You know who else is making $10 million, though? Darby. I, I mean, at, so you, ha- you have to choose between the best players and the most productive players. And what did Vic Fangio say about Kyle Fuller? A rare bit of honesty and accountability. He said he got beat. He had a bad day. Very blunt, very to the point, but that's true. He had a terrible day, Kyle Fuller. He got beat in coverage, he drew a a bad defensive pass interference penalty, and he needs to be sat down. It's not a one-week issue, it's a multi-week issue. He's been far and away the Broncos' worst cornerback, and Pat Sertan, he had, you know, a couple downturns in the Baltimore game. I think he responded very strong in the Pittsburgh game, despite the, the missed tackles in coverage, he still better beyond his years than he should be as a rookie. I mean, he has true lockdown ability, and I think Darby and uh, Sertan should be the outside guys and Callahan working the slot. You can mix and match Fuller in the role that Sertan has right now. Uh, Use him where you see fit in terms of being an every-down quarterback, if only to preserve the elite aspect of the Broncos' secondary and what pride they have left back there. You've got to get Fuller off the field as much as you can. He's a liability in coverage. Real quick, guys, I know the Super Chat superstars on YouTube want to see how this month's rankings are shaping up. The top five finishers are going to be in the raffle for the Pat Sertan jersey. And also, this month, we're going to have a little something special for each tier. All right, we'll do something fun uh, for, you know, there's the Sertan jersey, sure, for the top five. We'll do something for each tier. All right, but here's how it's shaking out. Number one, the Duchess, Michaela, 
right there at the top. Naj Altaf, a legend, a fun guy in person. Let me tell you, Naj, I still lament how much I wish I could have spent more time with you before you had to ski daddle because Zach Naj made the trip from Virginia, right, to come to uh, the MHH meet and greet. Brian Greenfield at number three. Shane Daniels at number four. He's on both lists. Seth Harmon, number five. And then Dale right there at six. Aaron Lynch at seven. Chris Hernandez at eight. Mark Langley, Casey Nickley. You can kind of see how it's shaping up. So appreciate each and every one of you. Um, all right. I, Rose. A, Rose. A, Rose. Appreciate you, bro. He says, I figured that the offense would have some hiccups, especially with uh, – PC. PC? Syntax interpreter, I need you. Figure the <laughs> offense would have some <laughs> would have some hiccups, especially with PC, but that defense as well. I, I don't know. I'm confused. Um yeah, let us know, hey. <laughs> his his point though about the culture needing a refresh, I mean it's becoming pretty obvious. Like old dogs, new tricks, you know, that whole thing. The Broncos, Zach, you said it pretty well, I think, last night in terms of, you know, the, the leagues out there um, living. What was what was the uh, <laughs> metaphor you used? The sticks together and the – do you remember what you said? Yeah, yeah. There? I saw it was uh, tweeted out there. I said the Broncos are busy rubbing sticks together while other teams are flying around on jetpacks. Yes, I'm, I'm sticking to that. The Broncos need to, you know – Lick their thumb, put it up in the air, and go. Which way is the wind blowing? Okay, that away, right? Go find. It doesn't even have to be a young, young guy. It doesn't have to be, you know, the next Sean McVay. Um, but go find an be, be offensive nice, star coordinator. Make him your head coach. Make sure he's got some, you know, ten thousand foot management acumen that he can handle the management of a team. But a guy that's got offensive vision, right? That's what this team needs, man. We're stuck in the Stone Ages over here. Like this guy right here, that John Clay eventing brings up 499 Super. Appreciate you, John. Good to see you. Bring in Greg Roman or Dayball, Brian Dayball, and draft Malik Willis. Greg Roman, for those who don't know, is the Baltimore OC, and uh, Brian Dayball is the Bills OC. Both have done a bang-up job with their respective quarterbacks, Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen. But anyone who watched the Chiefs game last night, the Bills and Chiefs game, uh, what Dayball is doing with Josh Allen and the, and the Bills offense, and now Emmanuel Sanders playing well into his 30s, looking like a spry, young Pro Bowl receiver out there, is incredible. They're playing on another level right now, and that is purely a result of coaching on Dayball's part. He turned a shaky, inconsistent, erratic quarterback, sound familiar, into a MVP candidate and every year rock star. And I would love to get someone like that in the building. If you watch the Bills offense, they never run the same play, same play twice. They're so creative, a lot of pre-snap motion, great play design. He's my number two, though. I'm not going to lie. Kellen Moore out of Dallas, the OC there, what he's done with Dak Prescott in that offense. It's so refreshing and fun to watch. A new age, 21st century offense. Kellen Moore is arguably the brightest young mind offensively in the game. That would be, Chad, your next Sean McVay. I'm pretty sure you can you, you know combine that with Malik Willis. You have a franchise. You have a team again. Hey, thank you for the thousand stars, Josh, helping us get back to where we need to be on the uh... – on the contest and Claude as well with 800 stars. Appreciate you guys for real. Really do. Albert Knoppers jumping in great friend of the show, superstar at the meet and greet, hanging out with his wife, Michelle he says, I know it starts with Fangio who needs, who needs to take the greatest responsibility, but the coaches that definitely need to go are Shermer McMahon and uh, Landau. Yeah. The strength guy he's talking about. Well, Hey, the way this thing is trending that's uh, that's what's up. Lawrence Rivera, appreciate the stars, my friend, 300 stars. He says, what up, guys? I think we've got to get all the way to the top. Let's not forget who made all these changes right before he was going to be fired uh, as GM, but just gave himself a higher position. I love Elway, but he's the head guy at fault right now for these choices. Yeah, I mean, the buck ultimately, no doubt, stops with Elway. And that, you know, that body's been buried. Like, he fired himself probably under, um, you know, some pressure from Joe Ellis to make a change. Some a head has to roll. I think it coincided with John being at a point in his life where, you know, as competitive as he is and as dissatisfied as he is with the way things have gone post-Super Bowl 50, you know, you got to call a spade a spade. He's got all the grandkids and whatnot. You know, he has backed off quite a bit. But, guys, Lawrence, 
he's done after this year. Like this is the last year you're going to see John Elway involved with the team in all likelihood, unless he manages Zach to put together a deal with a billionaire homeboy to buy the team and become a minority stake, you know, owner, at which point, you know, he calls the shots and he can say, Hey, Joe Ellis, don't let the door hit you where the good Lord split you. Yeah, you know, you can blame Elway for hiring Fangio. You can blame Elway for drafting Drew Locke if you want to tie his decisions to the present day. But this has been George Payton's baby since the day he was hired. Fangio legitimately took a step back. He was not in control. He was a sounding board and nothing more. The mistakes, if you want to put it on anyone, it's the coaching staff, I guess, that Elway hired. But then you'd also have to praise him for the rookie contributors, or not the rookies, but the young guys that are chipping in and stepping up that were drafted under Elway's watch. I mean, in the last couple years, he really stepped up in that department and restocked the cupboard for his future predecessor now in George Payton. I'm not blaming George Payton either. I think he put together a really good roster. He was forced to keep an incumbent veteran coach that wasn't his choice and the coaches under him, and I think he made the best of that situation. But after this... That's it. That's where George Payton firmly takes control of the Denver Broncos. It is his team because starting in January, whenever the Broncos season ends, he's going to make the choice either keep this guy around now that he has full autonomy or get rid of him, get rid of everyone, including Landau, Shermer, and this and that, and bring in his own guys. So you can criticize Elway, but you have to praise him for some of the, some of the other things he did and keep in context that this year really is not on him. Naj, what's good, bro? Thank you for the super chat. Great to see you. He says, hey, bros, it is infuriating that a head coach in the NFL has to be asked whether he's involved with the offense of his team. The buck stops with Fangio. Frankly, his defensive scheming has been garbage these past two weeks as well. Yes, indeed, Zach. And I know you got a little something cooking that's going to be an article here soon. A good example of this. Oh, my goodness. Let me put a pin on that thought. Christy, again, top rope super chat. Golly, we are so Thank freaking you, blessed to have you in our community and so many of you. Thank you so much, Christy. She says, the Broncos definitely need a full refresh, a reset, maybe a blowtorch instead <laughs> of those sticks. Yeah, no kidding. That, that would be nice. It seems like uh, the Broncos need the reboot that Vance Joseph was talking about, you know, he, not the full rebuild, the refresh. And I agree with that, Christy, wholeheartedly. And I would ta- I like to take a blowtorch to some of the people making the decisions in Dove Valley, but – you know, that's for another day, I guess. But we appreciate you so much. A figurative blowtorch. Uh, sometimes. <laughs> it's, it's literal sometimes. Swag Nash, what's good? Appreciate you. If we lose this week, I say we fire Shermer, bench Teddy, and see what Locke can do before we replace him and he goes somewhere else and blossoms. Yeah, I mean, you got to wonder if Teddy loses this game. And this is a big one because not only is it conference and you've lost two in a row, but it's division. Raiders coming to town this is a big one so will um you know will the Broncos get their get their dander up for this I hope they do I hope they you know get mad and even if it's a flash in the pan I mean Zach remember the game when Von Miller said going into the Cardinals game we gonna whoop their a and all that stuff and you know the Broncos had been on the schneid they were sucking hind as my father would say I'm not gonna say it on this on this there you go. I right. That's a that's a decent version, <laughs> as my dad likes to say. Um, but they got that that kind of galvanized them, Zach, for one game, and then back yeah. to the you know. So it needs to be more than just this game. But you know what? Take it a game at a time. You got to beat the Raiders if you're going to make this a season. And Zach, if you don't, if you lose at home to a similarly afflicted two game Schneid Raiders, maybe you are looking a little bit closer at making some changes if you're a big fan, Joe, both at OC and quarterback. But at least the Broncos got up for that Cardinals game. The same, you know, they should have gotten up for the Steelers game as well. And that's kind of my point here. How can we have any confidence that they're going to come home and realize the gravity and the enormity of the situation with pretty much the season on the line, taking on their bitter rivals, who are also, like you said, coming off a two-game losing streak. John Gruden is facing controversy now, but they're going to be super motivated to come into Denver and further drive that stake in the Denver season. They're going to play very pissed off. And when you play a pissed off rival, you got to step on uh, the gas and you got to bring your A game. So I hope the Broncos would get up, but coming off that loss, against Baltimore and coming into Pittsburgh they come out like they don't want to even be there no fire no passion at all and when you're talking about passion and pitting John Gruden Chucky versus Vic Fangio 
I got to side with Gruden. I'm sorry. I'm not going to. I'm not saying the Raiders are going to win, but this is not an easy game for Denver, and the Raiders are going to be up for it. The question is, will the Broncos? And that Max Crosby dude, he always just finds a way. It's like out goes Khalil Mack, who always found a way to have his best games against the Broncos. In comes Max Crosby, who similarly has the same kind of uh, you know approach. Randy, Jerry Jones. Actually, let me start over. The Jerry Jones will never let. <laughs> Kellen Moore out of Dallas. Zach is someone who covers the Cowboys as part of what you do. What's your take on that? I mean, they have a head coach that they just hired, you know, a little more than a year ago. I mean, I can say that, you know, I, I see from the outside perspective why uh, people would believe that, that he so coveted Kellen Moore is he's the next head coach in waiting. But if that was the case, after replacing Jason Garrett, they hired Mike McCarthy and also ran. They didn't promote Kellen Moore. What they also did earlier this offseason was allow Kellen Moore to interview with two head coaching uh, spots, BYU, Boise, I'm sorry, Boise, his uh, old Boise. stomping grounds, and also with the Philadelphia Eagles. They allowed him a head coaching interview with their biggest rival. So they are committed to Kellen Moore. They obviously love what he's doing there, but they also want him to thrive in the NFL. I don't think they would cap his future and to be the ones that would hold him hostage. I think if a team showed enough interest, and, and most importantly, more came to Jerry Jones and said, listen, I'm ready to take this step. I think it's best for me. I think they would allow him out of there. Maurice, man, you've got a good sense of humor. Uh, we don't always flash everything you say on the screen, but uh, you, make us, you make us smile. He says, Pat Shermer was not available this evening to receive his 2021 <laughs> AARP award. Here tonight to accept the word on his behalf, his offensive playbook. <laughs> That's funny. Touche. Travis, don't even don't even trip, brother. You got your hat? Oh, yes indeed. Okay, dude, send us that picture. We need that. We'll put it on uh, we'll put it on Instagram. Send it to us, brother. Uh okay. Corey H, two nights in a row. Love it, dude. You've been with us a long time, Corey, and uh, we appreciate you, brother. You know what? I think it's time we uh, show some appreciation to Corey. Yeah. Why don't you shoot us an email, bro? Uh, Mile High Huddle at Gmail. Let us send you out a little piece of swag, a hat or a T-shirt or something. Send us your address and uh, just in case your T-shirt size, okay? He says, watching the Bills last night, they constantly were getting pressure just from their front four. I just don't see any real pressure unless we blitz, which, of course, is rare. We definitely need adjustments. See, that's the thing. What you saw last night is like, you know, the holy grail for defensive coordinators. If you can get home with Russian four. Industry leading, difference making, tomorrow shaping, world changing. These are a few of the adjectives people use to describe the technologies and companies Deloitte works with day in and day out. Join us and soon those very same adjectives could describe your career too. Explore technology careers at Deloitte.com slash tech careers and make an impact on business, technology, and society while engineering your future. At Deloitte. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. The world opens up to you on a platter, okay? And that's Fangio's first approach, is he wants to get that pressure. He doesn't like to blitz. That's not his thing, you know? This is not Dick LeBeau, Blitzburg, let's, you know, yeah. throw the house every time. But at the same time, eventually, if you are getting stonewalled and you're unable to create consistent pressure with a four or even a five man rush, you do have to start mixing things up. And, you know, like Von Miller, that first three games, I mean, hopefully it wasn't in the same way we talk about this, like for Teddy, hopefully that slate of opponents was not more 
cause for his flurry of production, right? Going against rookie quarterbacks and Daniel Jones, then uh, it was him actually just beating his man and do, looking like the old Vaughn. But these last two games haven't really seen it as much, right? The production hasn't been there. And, you know, he's affecting things. Don't get me wrong. I don't want to sell Vaughn short in terms of, you know, he gets the pressures. He factors into every offensive play call, every strategy in terms of the opponent preparing for the game each week, Zach. But it is a production-based business, and eventually you got to get home. What's hurting Vaughn right now is he's getting no, no help from the other side. You know, he, Malik Reed really isn't doing anything. Jonathan Cooper really isn't blossoming uh, that fast into a premier edge rusher. And you want to talk about defensive lines? I think Buffalo's is underrated. They're so, so freaking good, but they're under. No one ever talks about them. I would take the Bills' defensive line over the Broncos' defensive line. Do you know why? Because every player in Buffalo does their job. They get home. Where's Shelby Harris been? Put him on a milk carton. Draymond Jones, he's gotten penetration. He's gotten into the backfield, but he hasn't gotten the sacks. And and they just, they've been invisible at times. It's been Von Miller getting pressure or nobody. But that is the key in Buffalo. Uh, helps having good players. Helps having premier coaching. Sean McDermott and Leslie Frazier on the same staff. I would take their coaching over the Broncos coaching. So they you might have you know, they might have given the NFL and teams like the Broncos the blueprint, how to slow down Mahomes. Helps also having a driving rainstorm come through Kansas City. But you also have to have the coaching, the execution, and the players up front to make that happen. Right now, the Broncos don't. Manny with a very apt um, comment here. Fangio's defense has given up 27 points or more 10 times last season. 10 times. Last season, this defense, or 10 times last season. This is... Uh, this defense has given up 50 points the last two weeks. Not good. Indeed, it's not good. And you know what? Before I forget to say this, you know, Malik Reed, we've said this before. He's a great try-hard guy. He's a really um, heads-up, kind of disciplined, clean-up edge rusher. But he's not a guy that's going to just consistently beat his man off the snap and just win by by virtue of his athleticism, twitch, all that stuff. However, his strip sack on Ben uh, Roethlisberger in week five, that was a nice play by him. Yes, there was coverage that kind of forced Ben to hold on to it and start kind of trickling upward toward the line of scrimmage. But I got to I got to give my man some credit. Now, Zach, David Bingham wants to know, I wonder what Peyton thinks of coaching and how he's handling it behind the scenes. So the how do you think George, do you think he's kind of hitting that panic button? Well, I mean, you'd be naive to think, I'm not saying you, Chad, but anyone out there, you'd be naive to think that George Payton didn't watch the film from 2019 and 2020 to get a, a clearer picture of who uh, Vic Fangio is as a head coach, who Pat Shermer is as a play caller. He probably knew they were on borrow time. If they can make it work this season, great. They would go from there. But I think when George Payton took the job, there was a wink-wink, nudge-nudge agreement that, listen, get by this season, you signed a six-year contract, you can pick your own guys next offseason, and uh, and you can do what you want from going forward. So I think he can't be happy about it. I think, he, like anybody else, he sees the deficiencies, but when you're saddled with a head coach who has more immediate autonomy over you, you can't really step in. You have to let the situation play out, and I wouldn't want a GM stepping in, a rookie GM at that at this point. Still only week six. I think he's going to let it play out. He has a lot of patience, and he's exercising that. Naj. Thanks for that again, bro. He says, Zach, you nailed it. This is a must win for both teams. And we'll say a lot about the Bronco players' professionalism and passion. If they come out flat again this week, then I don't see them winning more than four games this year. Man, what a that's a bleak notion. That is a bleak notion, my friend. Yeah, I mean, all they're mostly there's a <clears throat> one or two still on the schedule. You know, I'm thinking of the Washington football team off the top of my head, the Detroit Lions later on. You know, there's like two more that you could kind of circle as similar kind of give me opponent, uh, pardon me, give me opponents similar to the first three. But I mean, it's a tough road to hoe here. Daniel says, hey, fellas, I agree with Zach. I think it's a when, not if that we have a new head coach this year. Hashtag MHH. Thank you, bro. I don't even know about Washington. Taylor Heineke is playing like sneaky, good Fitzpatrick like football. And that defensive line could eat the Broncos OL for lunch as they're playing right now. There's no gimme game, and, and it went from, in week four against Baltimore, are the Broncos true contenders? How are they going to go from, you know, starting 3-0? and Okay, that test was failed. Then it was, okay, how are they going to respond against Pittsburgh after losing badly to Baltimore and kind of being embarrassed and exposed? 
they failed that test miserably. So I, I keep saying this. How do you have any confidence that this game against the Raiders, despite it being a rival, despite it being at home, how can we say right now after watching that game yesterday, they're going to get up for it, they're going to have the passion for it? I think the the analogy applies still. If you cut off the head, the snake will die. And that's not going to happen until you replace the people in charge, the coaches. Diamond Rattler says, how many culture changes? Vance Joseph, now Vic, going to be another three to five years before we have a winning record. No. I feel you. But here's the thing. How many culture changes? However many it takes to get it right, unfortunately. I mean, that's just where we're at. Like, this culture doesn't seem to be working. Um, You know, we hoped. Mark, dude, thank you for the stars. Really appreciate you, brother. I see that you're dropping some serious stars tonight, helping us get to goal. Appreciate that, bro. He's trying to get in on that Sertan jersey. He wants a Simmons and Sertan jersey. Then maybe that completes his collection of Kareem Jackson, Kyle Fuller. Now, I doubt you have a Kyle Fuller, but maybe. You're pretty hardcore, dog. Thank you, Mark. Really appreciate you, brother. But uh, the culture thing, Zach, the Broncos, you and I scratched our heads. Like when Elway came out on Black Monday and basically said, hey, I'm uh, firing myself going upstairs and just going to kind of hang my hat and console myself uh, with my $6 million um, in (laughs) salary and this president of football operations uh, title that I have, we're going to go, you know, hire a GM. We were surprised that Vic Fangio was not one of the casualties of black Monday. And yet he persisted. I don't know. I think honestly, Zach, you know what I think saved his bacon. He had a viable excuse of the pandemic year. Right. And yet he didn't take, he didn't capitalize off of the sacrifices and the live bullet experience and all that stuff that that season provided to build on for year three, because he didn't go with drew lock. Like as the, as the quarterback goes, so goes the team. And so like, then you're going, wait a minute, why did I keep big Fangio around here anyway? Like you went with Teddy dude, what's going on? You know, this. despite Pat Shermer being around, this isn't the 1990s anymore in the NFL. Culture changes don't take that long. You can go from basement dweller to, you know, penthouse resident really fast in the NFL. And winning cures all culture issues. It cures all team issues. Winning cures all. So if you bring in the right guys, you can go from, I mean, let's say the Broncos, just for the sake of conversation, let's say they finish a non-playoff year this year. Let's say like 7-10. Seven and, seven and ten. You can go from a 7-10 and 10 team to a 12-5 and 5 team, 13-4 and 4 team, the next year if you have the right guy in charge. Now, you can debate whether that's a Kellen Moore type or a Brian Dayball and the quarterback going along with them, but if you have the right coaching in place and that coach maximizes the talent, especially quarterback, it changes real quickly. Winning tends to do that. Hey, Denise. Thank you for the stars. That's awesome. We really appreciate it. We'll show you guys at the end of tonight's stream, how today shaped up in terms of the stars rankings. Travis Tarbox, what is going on, bro? It is great to see you in the chat. He says, evening priests, Broncos country. After yesterday, I have lost all faith in this coaching staff. My dude is using absolutes here. All, not I've lost faith, not I've lost some of my faith. He has lost all faith. In Vic Fangio and his uh, staffers. I I would be surprised if any Broncos fan did not. I mean, they didn't just lose to Baltimore. They got their heads kind of kicked in. They didn't just lose to Pittsburgh. They pretty much no-showed at Heinz Field for three and a half quarters before they decided, let's play a football game and let's actually wake up here. So um, it would be more surprising to me if a Broncos fan, casual or not, casual or hardcore, had any faith left as of right now in Vic Fangio, Pat Shermer, McMahon, and most of the others, not all of them. Interesting question from longtime bona fide super chat superstar based Gase. Would you be opposed to replacing Shermer with no. running backs coach Curtis no. Modkins or wide receivers coach Zach Azani? Here's my thing, Zach. I get it. That the the rock outside my building right now might actually <laughs> give me more options than what we're seeing from I like put a put a headset on this boulder out in front of my house. But nevertheless. I would rather I want to I would want to see what Shula's got before. Now here's the thing though, Curtis Modkins has been an offensive coordinator in right. the league, so you would at least have that going for you. 
Does the boulder know what a screen pass is, Chad? Because we can be in business here. A jet sweep, it'd be nice. I was going to say, I don't care, base case, if it's you calling plays in the booth, on the sideline. That's how bad Pat Shermer is. I mean, you can literally cover your eyes and pick a random play in Madden, and it would be more effective than what Pat Shermer is doing week in and week out on a week and on a basis, no matter the opponent. So, I wouldn't be. I'm right there with you. I think Mike Shula is the obvious guy because he's worked with quarterbacks and they tend to get those promotions. But whether it's Azani, Modkins, anyone, anyone but Pat Shermer. I'm going to grab Dennis here with a very generous super. And then I want to address something that Marcus Lewis Henna puts in the chat here, uh, depending on Scott, what we have in the hopper. Oh, we got one here from uh, Tim. We'll get first and then we'll get Marcus. But Dennis, you, the man. I. Still, my only lasting lament is we don't have you on Twitter anymore. And I understand, you know, you, you, the stand you took and all that stuff. So that I respect absolutely. But I still shed a tear every once in a while when I go to tag you on Twitter and you're not there. But you're here now. And that's what we care about. He says, do you think Pat Shermer hears all the negativity about him? If so, do you think there's any chance he would resign, especially if Fangio gave him an ultimatum? What would the ultimatum be? Just, I mean – playing devil's advocate here dennis would it be um quit or you're fired is that, is that the ultimatum <laughs> uh, yeah I don't, I don't see that or you know uh you get better or we're going to replace you with your subordinate and mike shula i mean i think he's you know they both signed contracts and uh Shermer can turn around and say listen you handpicked me you know, I, I you're, you're going to go down with the ship as well i mean that's a conversation that they would have behind closed doors i really I don't see Fangio doing it right now. If he hasn't fired Tom McMahon yet or really picked any scapegoat rather than lobbing off and deferring blame, what makes us believe he's going to turn around and suddenly start uh, issuing ultimatums to his coaches? Doesn't seem like Fangio style. Tim, appreciate the stars, bro. He says, and your patience. Kyle Fuller got burned at least two big plays trying to swat the ball. Freaking guy needs to focus on the tackle. Yeah, and that was something Fangio talked about today uh, in terms of reinforcing his belief that Kyle can turn it around, that you know he just needs to get back to focusing on technique, not trying to make the play. Like just focus on technique, not trying to make the big splash play, I think is probably the better way of putting it. It would help to have Kyle Fuller not 10 yards off the receiver, though. Let him play more man press coverage, and I think you'd see better results. But uh, that makes too much sense, apparently, for Vic Fangio. Marcus says on uh, Facebook, you guys always blame Teddy, but it comes from the sidelines. Uh, give Locke a go. Don't make me laugh. Um, he is not going to do any better than Teddy. He might not. Hey, dude, he might not. But at least you would know what you had, right? That's the whole point is Teddy was supposed to give you a win in Pittsburgh by virtue of his veteran experience and wherewithal and all that. Like that's a game you're supposed to win with Teddy. But you could have lost that game with Drew, and at least you'd still be getting that experience to Drew and getting closer to a for sure uh, answer, Zach, on whether or not he's a guy for the future. Now, obviously, I think the team already decided he's not the guy for the future, hence their um, decision to move toward Teddy. But that's a that was a decision made more in the self in the spirit of self interest for a coaching staff that couldn't afford any more trial and error learning curves. They had to win. They couldn't chance it that Drew might do this in year three. They needed as close to a sure thing as they could get, and they felt like that that was Teddy. Well, I don't know if Marcus is talking about us or just generalizing, but I literally had a tweet last night where I said, despite what you may hear, this loss was absolutely not on Teddy Bridgewater, and it was certainly not. I mean, you can blame five or six other people, five or six other factors before you get to Teddy. Was he the reason the Broncos lost the game? No. Could he have played better? Yeah, but the the coaches could have played better or coached better, and the players around him could have played better. Not Kyle Fuller getting beat or Sertan missing on tackles, Alexander Johnson dropping interceptions. I mean, it was a collective failure, and it wouldn't have mattered whether Locke was out there, whether Teddy Bridgewater was out there. If you're calling the plays you're calling and you have no game plan, you have no motivation, you have no passion, and you have no wherewithal for the situation or the enormity of it, it's not going to make a difference. Steve Hearn, what's going on, big dog? Good to see you. He says, flying out for the game this weekend. It's a must-win game. Too bad I missed the meet and greet. I'm going with my Raider fan friend. Bragging rights, yeah, definitely huge, big dog. Well, 
here's to hoping for you, bro. Here's to hoping. And there will be more MHH meet and greets to come. Uh, probably not this season, but we're going to be planning ahead to have quite a few uh, opportunities set up in 2022. We'll see about the draft. Uh, we'll definitely do some more tailgate meet and greets for the season next year and not just one. That was so much fun. Problem is it does take some legwork and planning and coordination and, you know, you need a little bit of a lead time to execute that uh, smoothly. Randy says the entire coaching staff is old. Youth movement is needed. Come on, George. I think you'll get your wish, Randy, as most of us will. I mean, the way it's going right now, it's an inevitability that George Payton will clean house and get his own guys in the building and, uh, down goes Fangio, down goes Shermer, and we start all over once more. Simon, north of the 49th parallel, proves every single day that Broncos country is not a geographic location. It is a state of being, baby, and we're glad to have you here, bro. He says, if this slide continues, do you see George Payton trying to accrue picks via trades for the upcoming draft? I will always support this team, Denver Broncos, for life. I feel you on that last point, my brother. I do. Um, accrue picks if the if the Broncos cannot get off the Schneid. You know, if you want to completely clean house, trade off Drew Locke, uh, you're firing Vic Fangio and company, and you're hiring a new guy, and you want one of the top two quarterbacks in the class, you're going to need to. Although, Zach, if they keep angling this way, right. they could be exactly. in a top five position. So. It's a good question, though, Simon. Uh, time will tell. What a sad prospect. A couple weeks ago, 3-0, we were talking playoffs. Now we're talking potential top five draft pick. That's that's how fast the NFL changes on a weekly basis. I don't know that Peyton would have a fire sale because, at, first of all, at this rate, every Broncos player is going to get injured before the trade deadline. And second of all, who who really has value? I mean, Locke would fetch a, what, conditional seventh or sixth round pick maybe melvin gordon would fetch a fourth round pick but if you want to trade up for a quarterback you need first second or third round choices fourth mm-hmm. fifth sixth and seventh don't really matter so i can't see peyton doing that maybe a trade maybe one singular trade but not you know black friday going on 78 leadhead zach wants to know you mentioned controversy with john gruden what happened with gruden can you talk about that well apparently the more just came out i see it in the comments obviously we're potting right now but a uh, email emerged from 2011, which was during the NFL lockout in the offseason with the uh, Players Association, and he characterized the NFLPA boss, Demora Smith, in a racist way. He, he used, you know, bad language, I should say, unprofessional did he, language. Did he use racist, the word we all know? I mean, is that, no. did he use that word? No, he the way he described Demory Smith, it was a it was a, in a racial way. So mm. he was under investigation for that in email surface. But apparently now, but uh, he was media then. He wasn't even in the league in eleven, if I remember right. Cancel culture has no statute of limitations, Chad, as as we've yeah, come to realize. For, true, and you know, cancel cancel culture, by the way. But and yes. I'm not making excuses for him. I'm just wondering how that applies to being a head coach in the league now. I mean, does it's bad either way? Don't get me wrong, but man. I, I thought well, I thought Gruden was better man than that if if it's true. Uh, you never know people, honestly, but in, until their private communications come out, and apparently Moore did, where he was making derogatory comments about uh, female referees and about uh, homosexuality. I haven't read the full story, but apparently it's not good for Gruden. I don't see him getting fired, as some people are saying in the comments before Sunday's game. But this could be maybe a downturn in the Raiders' season, or conversely, if he hasn't lost the locker room, they can rally around this. He can get the team to buy into a two-game losing streak, all the outside noise, and they can take out their aggressions on the next team they face. And who's the next team they face? The Broncos. Not just uh, DM'd me what he said there, and it's pretty uh, it's pretty nasty, and I don't want to even repeat it on this podcast. So, guys, just go Google it and find the article, okay? Andrew Baker, what's good, buddy? He says, I missed the pods last week and had to listen to the game on the road from Chicago, and it wasn't music to my ears. We can't catch a damn break, penalties, injuries, and get off my lawn. I'm in bed by six, coach. <laughs> <laughs> it's killing us. Sorry, didn't get my gut reaction in, so I digress. You did it with uh, style. You did it with aplomb. Good job, bro. Good to see you. 
the problem is Pat Shermer and Vic Fangio both are at the bingo hall at five o'clock getting the early bird special, Chad. So it's not just Fangio. It's the whole just general mindset and vibe in Dove Valley. It's get off my lawn is perfect way to describe that. <laughs> the early bird special. Golly, man. This is the world we're living in, Broncos country. Uh, here is Zachler. This is a newer name. Oh, first time like- super chat. Love it. Appreciate you. Welcome. Connect on Twitter because we I'm like start to... spelling my name Z-A-Q. You gave me yeah, an idea. Yeah. For for uh for D chess here. Um <laughs> but no, connect with us on Twitter, all right, because we like to shout out and tag each one of our supporters and super chat superstars after the show. And then of course it's just another way to help keep the conversation going outside the live streams. But he says throwing the ball to the shortest receiver on the team when the game is on the line. <laughs> Pretty much defines Pat Shermer. Pathetic. I feel you. Uh, but you can only go to war with the horses that you have. I would be, if if you said, Chad, put money on it, um, and you could know absolutely for sure who was more to blame for that throw, the play call or the quarterback kind of reading the field, feeling like that was his best chance, I would I would say it was probably Teddy in that sense. Now, if it is Teddy, and I, if I were right, dude, come on now. Just go throw it up to your you know, 80-20 guy, Cortland Sutton. Or here's an idea. I get it. You were terrified of T.J. Watt c- completely crushing you like he did last year. Or, yeah, last year, week two. But you completely sacrificed uh, and forsaked, if that's a word, no offense ability to help yes. you on offense by keeping him in to chip so much like i get it you had to do that but couldn't you have used sobert play 12 personnel more if you're that worried and allow noah fant to get out there with four or five speed and that dynamic ability as a playmaker let him help you dude i mean again it's like square peg round holes no one on this coaching staff knows how to use these players to the best of their ability it looked like it was a design fade route to Deontay Spencer. And if that was the play call, I mean, it's indefensible. It's so Pat Shermer. You know, Deontay Spencer over Noah Fant in the red zone. Deontay Spencer, like you said, over Cortland Sutton. Even Tim Patrick. You have three bona fide red zone killers and you throw it to Deontay Spencer. Some of that may be on Teddy. He also didn't run when it looked like he had a lane toward the edge to get in the end zone. But that he's also coming off a concussion, so... Uh, that's where his apprehension might have lied about that. But the play calling overall, I mean, the two-point conversion, you have a, a hammer in Javante Williams averaging close to six yards a carry, and what do you do? You throw it out a shotgun. It's Pat Shermer. That's the problem. Steve Lazuski and guys, by the way, we do have to keep tonight pretty tight. In fact, we probably got to get out of here a little earlier than our normal one-hour mark because it is my daughter's 11th birthday I've got a party to get to. You don't disappoint your daughter on birthday. Uh, you know this if you're a father. So, Steve, this is our last one for tonight. And then we'll be back, of course, Wednesday night. Tomorrow you've got Broncos for breakfast on the bright at 7.30 a.m. Mountain Time. And then you've got building the Broncos at 6 Mountain, 8 p.m. Eastern. So, Steve, this one's for you, big dog. I am a fan, says Steve, of defense. So I really wanted Fangio to work out. I don't think he's head coach material. The team is bad. The defense is suffering because he's a coordinator. That's it. Man, truth. Nothing but truth here. Kills, killing us with truth, Steve. I mean, I put out a tweet yesterday, and I asked legitimately, I said, do we still regard Vic Fangio as a defensive mastermind? And what I really meant by that was, do you all? Because I never thought he was. I thought he was a very good defensive mind, but I think Wade Phillips craps all over Fangio's game planning, uh, his player execution, and his relatability with players. I mean, he got everyone from Akeem Tlaib to Chris Harris Jr., a lot of... uh, Big personalities in the Broncos locker room, all on the same page. He was wearing Tlaib's chains in press conferences. Do you see Fangio doing that or Ed Donatel, who's literally a puppet? Does he even exist, Chad? They're keeping him in some broom closet in Dove Valley. I, I, Wade Phillips was a much better defensive mind. I don't think Fangio ever deserved the laurels that he got as a wizard or a evil genius. I, I think he is what he is and what he's showing himself to be. A Ben Bredompre coordinator whose defense, when you actually watch the games and you get to know them, they break fairly often. For what it's worth, though, guys, uh, the Broncos passively fired Wade Phillips. After the Super Bowl, he had one year left on his deal. 
and he made it known that he wanted to be paid uh, commensurate to the job he did bringing home, helping in large part bring home that third world championship. And then when his deal expired, uh, the John Elway did not think he was as instrumental in that defense as his horses that he had handpicked himself were. And so they said, oh, you want to be the highest paid coordinator in the league? Hit the bricks. And so that's how the parting of ways happened. But Zach, sign us off, bro. We got to go. I'll, I'll get Facebook queued up if you wouldn't mind going through the uh, goodbye rundown. I, I love bringing it up and I hate bringing it up, but when you think about the Broncos could have had Kyle Shanahan and Wade Phillips on the same coaching staff and they ended up with Vance Joseph and Joe Woods, man, was that a whiff. But anyway, guys, that was the Huddle Up Podcast. And until we see you guys next time, be sure to follow the pod on Twitter at Huddle Up Pod. You can follow the main account for all your Broncos news, rumors, analysis, film breakdowns, transactions, and so much more at Mile High Huddle. You can follow Chad on Twitter at Chad and Jensen. You can follow myself at Kelberman NFL. If you haven't already, go to HuddleUpPod.com and get your swag on, get yourself a hat, shirt, coffee cup, Anything and everything is in that store. Just punch those words in and you'll find it. Also, Facebook.com slash Huddle. Hit that big blue button. Three exclusive shows at your fingertips. Kelberman's Corner, Broncos Book Club, and Trickle Zone. We appreciate your viewership for those programs. Also, Facebook.com slash Pod. Like that page. And if you haven't already, go to Apple Podcasts and leave your five football priest a five-star review for a chance to win some aforementioned swag each and every month. We appreciate it. No way. No way. He just resigned. Is that is that legit? I'm gonna Google we... it. Hold on, before we sign off, let's no. just see. Oh, wanna... he did. According to Tom Pelissero, no way. John Gruden resigned. Wow. Hold on. I just now. got I just got cold taked in in real time. Freezing cold taked. Wow. Pelissero. Yep, that's legit. It's all over Twitter right now. Oh man. Must oh, have been man. pretty bad. Uh, well, so well, <laughs> Gruden just informed his staff he plans to resign as Raiders coach. Wow. I wonder who's going to be the interim there. Who is it still? Uh, um, oh, geez. The name just escaped me. Uh, his coordinator that he's had for a long time. Uh, Raiders offensive coordinator. Uh, standby. Greg Olson. It is still Greg Olson. That's the name. I was trying to think. Greg what about Olson. the well, who's the defensive guy? Because he's he's uh what's his name? He used um, to play for he used yeah, to, it's the it's the Cincinnati the, guy. The Bengals guy, yeah. Gunther. Yes, I'll I think that, that would probably be the guy. But let me just say real quick, this is an early kind of week six preview of the game, which we'll get more into as the week progresses. Now, the Broncos coming off two bad losses, coming back home. If they can't beat a team after the head coach just resigned in disgrace, season's over. Hot take? Wait a minute, wait a minute. Raiders hire Gus Bradley. So it's Gus Bradley's the new defensive coordinator. Gunther, I know, was the guy. So it's it's Gus Bradley, who's a former uh-huh. head coach, right? So That's pretty funny. Clearly. Interesting, interesting. Um, um, <clears throat> all right, guys. Jaws are on the floor. History yeah. being made live here on the Huddle Up podcast. We finally got news on a podcast day. It wasn't Broncos news, though. But, yeah, go to <laughs> Apple. Leave your football priest a five-star review for a chance to win some swag each and every month. But if you can't do any of those things, guys, just subscribe, like, and share. It takes a few seconds, and it helps us grow and reach more Broncos fans just like you. As Scott Kennedy mentions here, um, you know, think of that four-letter word that starts with F, and he has money. So he has you money, right? Blank you money. John Gruden. He got a The Gambler's a great movie. 100 million dollar contract now. When you resign, who knows how much of that he he ends up getting. I'm sure if you resign, you forfeit whatever's left on that to, to at least I would assume, but uh yeah. All right, guys. So thank you to each and every one of you for being with us here tonight. As Zach said, we love you. Uh, Each one of you are numbered and held precious in the heart of your football priest. But here's a shout out to those who supported us tonight on Facebook with stars, how it shook out Randy Jones at the top, Josh Hoyle, Claude Riley, Michael Ronquillo, Mike Reno, Lawrence Rivera, Tim Hoffman, Mark Johnson, Steve Lazuski, Andrew Baker, and those glorious braids, Gary Leeds Palmer, Denise Phillips. Love you guys. Thank you so much. We'll see you Wednesday. We'll see, you know, we'll see how the rest of this uh, 
you know, Tuesday, everyone's off as far as, you know, not, nothing happening at the building, but and Christian jumping in. <laughs> yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. He says Raiders just lost their head coach, which we could say the same. All right, Zach, sign us off, bro. Yes, guys, we'll be back Wednesday evening, 6 o'clock Mountain, 8 o'clock Eastern. Take care, and as always, go Broncos. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 